First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. And welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast, the pod of the everyman, the Two Beers Podcast. Doing the podcast with half our brain tied behind our back, just to make it fair to all the other podcasts. I'm Jordan here with Drew, and uh, it's that we've hit that magical time of year where the NBA Finals is over, the Stanley Cup Finals is over, all of Drew's sports watching is over, and we could just either get ready for football or watch some baseball or both. Drew, how are you this week? Yeah, whatever, tall guy. Let's just let's just get this over with so I can be done. Whatever I just want to watch Silo and play pickleball. Get this crap. <laughs> pickleball. God, good God. Oh, all right. Well, fair enough. Let's assume positions for the world famous two brew salute. And a three. And a two. And a one. Ah. I am still working my way through these Sierra Nevada pale ale bottles. What are you drinking? Just drinking straight to kill tonight. Don't care how many brain cells it kills. So I just want a my straight memory. tequila night. Who sung that? Was that was that George Strait? Tequila makes her clothes come off. I don't know oh. who that is. That was um, that guy had like only like two or three good songs, but they were all bangers. You're really gonna make me look this up, huh? I I don't know the answer to that question. Straight oh. tequila. John Anderson. Ah, of course it was John Anderson. Johnny A. Johnny A. Um, and Joe Nichols did the tequila makes her clothes fall off. All right, Twitter fingers are working you know, fast. You know, you know, he minored in uh, business finance. I did know that. Nice, fun fact. Um, all right, so we have a fight to break down. A. Sure. Go ahead. You're done. I'm done. I'll I'll see you in 48 minutes when we get to beer two. So Drew went. Um, there was <laughs> there was many many Scotsmen. Uh, the Scotsmen outweighed the To fans. Uh, it was were... like split. Ah, uh, whatever. Here I'll talk about it. My last podcast. So I might as well go out with a bang. Go for it. Uh, well, first off, the uh, the pre-fight, the uh, the John Boy uh, Inside Boxing Live pre-fight party was uh, was pretty sweet, man. I gotta say, it was a uh, yeah, I'm sad I missed it. Yeah, it was a good time. About 80, I think they sold 80 tickets, um, which, I mean, people might listen to that and be like, ah, oh, that's it. But like, it was like, you know, at the upstairs of a, you know, New York City pub, right? So it's not like it's, uh, you know, this huge, this huge venue. Um, so it was pretty, pretty packed in there. Uh, I was actually shocked at how many, like, Scotsmen, you, I don't want to offend the Scottish in the UK, but like, there was a good mix of, uh, out of countrymen at the event, which I wasn't expecting. Englishmen, um, Englishmen, sure, whatever you want to go with. Uh, Big Bang Zang was there from the get-go. Guy was just taking pictures and hanging out with. Uh, did you, you get know. a picture with him? I actually, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to bother him. I don't know why. He was like talk every time I saw him. He was talking. He threw down the Amex though and got some drinkies. Uh, he was thumb wrestling a guy at one point, <laughs> so it was pretty. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fun. But yeah, I, I did not. I, I opted not to. And then uh, Bivol, Bivol came in kind of late. Um, so 
Yeah, that was like a quick thing. He was taking like quick picks. Uh, Daniel Jury, we talked talk to him for a little bit, and then he uh, he headed out. But like I said, it was really really good time. Uh, I hope they. Uh, I think it was the first one they did, so I hope they do um, do a couple more for uh, for the for any of the fights that are in the in the garden. So like I said, cool spot. Um, yeah, so good dudes, Dan and uh, Dan and Al- Algeri. I was jo- I was joking with Dan. I was like, man, I was like, man, Algeri is really intimidating with uh, these. Yeah, he's rocking this like half button down like Florida like silk shirt uh, with his slick <laughs> with his slick back hair and his tan. I'm like, I was like, man, if that guy wasn't 140 pounds, I'd be absolutely terrified of how how cool this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing. It's a, just a, it's amazing uh, that some of these fighters like how like tough they are. Yet they're like my size. It's so Tiny. wild. Yeah, yeah, it's so wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. That's good. I'm glad you had a good time there. I'm proud of you for going out. Next next step is we'll get you to, like, you know, talk to the fighters. Like, I'm you're, just, you're, I'm you're just slowly uh, coming out of your, your shell from COVID. You used to be the most, you know, the life of the party, and then COVID just, like, turned you into, like, a yeah, shell. Yeah, I just didn't, didn't know what to, uh, yeah, what to do with myself. What, I, I wasn't really sure what to do with my hands the entire time, but, you know, I figured, I figured it out as we went. Um, then we made our way to the Hulu. Uh, uh, I told, I, I told you, I just, I told you it was going to happen. Uh, you were right. You I was right. Well, I mean, let's get under, undercard out of the way. Um, I missed, I, I got, I got there in time for, um, your boy Kanseisau, which was like the weirdest no contest stoppage I've ever seen. There was like, I guess a random headbutt at some point. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't totally even see live it, what happened. What's that? I totally missed it, by the way. I, I there was like, they there was a collision of heads or something, and I guess he knocked the other guy out conscious, not unconscious, but like I guess the guy was like seeing stars to the point where he just couldn't continue in the second round, and they stopped it. I still I couldn't understand what the official award was, but that's what it um that's what it seemed like. Um, and then Xander, uh, you know, obviously won by unanimous decision. I was a little disappointed Xander didn't get that guy out of there. Um, you know. The more the more wily vets that these guys fight, it's harder. I know it's harder to get stoppages, but uh, it's been it's been a while since I haven't. Uh, I, well, actually, that's not true. I saw Xander in December, but yeah, I just wanted to see Xander rock that dude. Um, the place was going nuts for him as as usual. So uh, yeah, man. Then we got to the main event. I, I'd say it was it was it was kind of. I'd say it was like fifty fifty. Uh, Scotsman and and Team To maybe maybe a little more Scotsman than Team To maybe it was fifty five forty five. I was just there was I was just shocked at how many people were there in kilts and you know just because you know who's tra- they, they, the thing was in the Hulu theater so I was kind of surprised that that many people were traveling over to see this fight you know I was it was I was I just wasn't expecting it. It was probably either immigrants or, or people of Scottish heritage in the area. I would a lot of, a lot of people I talked to like flew over. Yeah, I'd right? say oh, I'd cool. say I talked to at least twenty five people that actually flew over. Oh wow! Um, which was which again, which was interesting. You know, five, you know, like ten of them were at the pre fight party. Uh, yeah, and they all they all thought Taylor was going to smash Tio, and I, I tried to tell them to listen to the Two Beers podcast to get the correct information, but they they refused to listen. Um, so yeah, man, uh, Taylor Taylor started out like okay. I I, I don't know. I, I I'm just all over the place. <clears throat> I don't know how we want to attack this thing, but I uh, let me let me let me step in and help you. This is where your emotions are coming in. I, so, I'm just saying, I I, I knew this guy. I, I just knew you laid out the perfect blueprint. You you are just a middle aged man living in Bumble Buck 
Pennsylvania, working a nine to six thirty or just trying to get his haircut. And you laid out a perfect game plan. So hard to get your haircut. Yeah, I know. I let you laid out this perfect game plan for Taylor to have an easy night in the ring, retain his titles, and go on to bigger, better things. And he did. He did none of it. Meanwhile, professionals can't do that. So, um, I just it felt it felt like live. And I, I you know I always for everyone it's like oh when you're live you're not keeping score that crowd. Um, I had it even through six, uh, and then I thought that. Tio probably took at least four of the last six rounds. That's what it. Um, that's what it felt like when I was scoring it by, round by round. Um, I I had it four two Tio, but there was one round in there. It may have been the six where it felt close, but then Tio kind of like came on strong at the end. Well, and that's what the fir- in the first in the first like I'd say seven rounds. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm misremembering which one it was, but like in the at least the first six like. It did seem like Taylor was controlling the inside, was doing the better work consistently for the three minutes, and then Tio would do some like he would do that like weird shimmy stuff, but like would just land like one or two shots. Like it was, I wouldn't even call it a flurry. It was he like was, he was landing pot shots early, yeah. early on, and yeah. then uh, they, he slowly started to build those, and it kind of started in the fourth and fifth round, and then just got more and more and more. Yeah, as the fight went on. Yeah. And um, I thought that I thought Taylor early in the fight, I, I felt like and, and, and you know, as, as the fight went on, he looked like a guy who hadn't fought in 16 months. Gee, who could have guessed that? Um, I, I felt like he was he was letting Tio off the hook every time he got when Taylor would get on the inside and start doing some body work like Tio would would grapple and like Taylor would be happy just to let him hold and wait for the and like let the ref like break it up instead of trying to like fight out of it and and hit him with some shots like he did R- Ramirez. Uh it, it, here's here's what I saw. But yeah, you take yeah, you take the rest. Um <clears throat> and to me it had nothing to do with like desire or heart or anything like that. It to me this was all just wrong from Josh Taylor. Like everything he did was wrong to me. Like and it started with the front foot. Were you able to tell the battle of the front foot from where you were sitting? Nah, no, nah, I wasn't able to. Like, so I, I don't know if you had a chance to go back and watch, but every what I said was Taylor needs to keep his foot to the outside and shoot the left and then build once he shoots the left. Like, he actually kept his foot to the inside. Like, his, his right foot, his lead foot to the inside of Tio's lead left foot. And then would try and shoot the left, like, across his entire body and okay. then land to Tio. Well, like, <clears throat> dude, Tio was way too quick for that. Like, yeah. But by, by the time your, your left goes, even if your left is starting in the middle of your body, by the time it has to cross over your right shoulder just to get to Tio, Tio was countering already. Like, he, like way too quick for that. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, you're setting yourself up for failure right there on foot placement like you're and and like this all the same problems I, I hate when i keep saying like i need to stop doing that all the same problems he had against Catterall, where he just stayed in the middle and his head was right there to be hit on the line mm-hmm. he just did the same thing versus tio it was his he kept his head on line kept his front foot to the inside and was throwing shots across his body which left his his chin and his right side open to shots 
and Tio easily took advantage of that. It was it wasn't even difficult for Tio, and I don't know that. Like I, I think Tio's technical skills are a little bit overrated, but he is good enough to handle that crap that Josh Taylor was thrown out there. Yeah, and he was... I mean, and not to say he's bad. He's he's very good. I think he just gets a little bit too much credit for his. I, I think he acumen. has he ha, he has deficiencies that hurt him. I don't know that it, I wouldn't say that it's uh, we're not downplaying his attributes. It's just as there there are there are some glaring flaws in what he does. Well, I, I like okay. Think of like Shakur, Devin, Crawford, etc. Where like they're tacticians. Tio is a very good boxer, but he is more offensive, trying to set up his offensive flurries more so than than managing. Uh, like distance like he's not I don't really picture him as managing distance it's more of I'm gonna fire off these couple counters and set up the big shot yeah um, fair. which is easily what he did against Josh Taylor yeah uh, and just dominated him and it was it was it wasn't even close by the end was, the the judges would tell you differently but um yeah exactly yeah dude it was it, it was disappointing too because I'm just like I just watched it. It was exactly how I thought it would play out. That Taylor, Taylor would stay in the pocket for whatever reason and wouldn't wouldn't use his size to his advantage. Like he just wanted to try to break Tio down, and like that's not the way. That's just not the way to beat him. Like you, like let him make. You know, I said it last week. Like you have to let him make the mistakes that he's gonna make. Um, you know, and again, I and and people, early on, Taylor hit him with some shots. There was there were some big shots and Tio ate him and I was very surprised. I'm thinking, how? how uh, I was just surprised that Tio was able just to eat him, and that was Josh Taylor isn't a nobody at this way at this division. He was way bigger, he's a big hitter, and Tio was able to absorb the, that. Impressed me. I was very surprised by that. Yeah. I thought I thought okay, he's a smaller guy. He's gonna see what the real power is at this division. He he's gonna get hit and, and his head's gonna get foggy and then we'll see what kind of to we get. Yeah, and that's, I, not, I that's did, not what happened at all. I, I he, did think I did think Taylor should have got a, uh, awarded one knockdown in in the fight. There were two. When Tio was leaning up against the ropes. I guess like one was a on slip. One was a slip that I I don't know. I was that was the first one they ruled a slip. Was that a slip by Tio? It was hard to tell. I don't. I didn't see a good replay. I, I don't know. And then the second one, yeah, like. I, I definitely thought that Tio had I, I like I thought Taylor Taylor landed a shot and then Tila Tio went like like stuck his ass out through the ropes like to me that like that's I don't know how you make that judgment as a ref that that's not the ropes didn't keep him from going down off balance but um and then it was like then Taylor hits a shot but like the ref well, the ref wasn't in there because people were like oh I was a jolly shot by Taylor I'm like well if T, like you know you, you can't just sit the on the ref ropes. wasn't doing a good job of getting in there on on the breakup of the clinches he, the ref was just kind of like hey yeah it was quit it, that it, yeah it was interesting yeah exactly so it was kind of <laughs> weird but um yeah hey listen that it was what it was uh and it, Tio uh you know. T- Tio beats Taylor, and now the oh god, now we're stuck with this nonsense again. It was so weird how he brought all his old belts out that like he wasn't he wasn't still the one. It was like super weird. I just wanted to be so be I just wanted to be done with this fucking guy and, and the father, and like now we're stuck with them. Um, especially because you're like you know a lot of the people are like let's hope you know it. Yeah, people love a comeback. Let's let's see if let's hope that they manage this better than they did after the Loma win, and then immediately after that. 
He says he's retiring. He's coming back. He's only coming back for nine for what nine figure payday, which is a hundred million dollars. He's making ESPN a hundred million dollars. Like I, I don't really know what you're talking about, bro. Um, <laughs> you had nine hundred. You had nine hundred. You didn't even break a million viewers. I know people are like, oh, it doesn't include plus this and that. They didn't even break a million viewers on ESPN TV. Yeah, that that was shocking. The fact that they didn't even eclipse a million viewers. On yeah, like ESPN yeah, and free. like that's fine. You can you can talk about ESPN plus like not getting the ESPN plus numbers, but okay, so then. You know, add add on the Heisman nights like that. You know, Loma and Comey did like one point. I think they did one point four was like their yeah. high. So okay, so then add that on that. That's why I'm I'm comparing the the levels of these fights. Like Devin Cambosis was ESPN ESPN Plus, and that did a million two. Um, right. People were shit. People were like, shit. Like ESPN boxing for free at ten o'clock on Saturday night routinely eclipses a million. Well, that's a big a time fight, and I mean that's that's a big time fight too. So between Taylor and Tio. So um, yeah. You know, I, I and thought now it would have been a million and a half to two. $2 it's million. so weird. Like I, I mean, listen. I, I hope. I T, hope Tio and Loma did four million for everyone's reference. Yeah, and I do. Others, and I, I don't dislike Tio as much as I do his dad. I just think his dad just sucks. Agreed. Um, yeah. Uh, so like, I do hope that they they manage this a little bit better. Like, if they think they're getting a ten million dollar payday, like I, I just don't. Like, who are you getting that against? Like, I, I don't. I just don't understand their their mindsets. Like. They think that they're they 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 have in their head that they're like Tyson Fury. Well, I mean Tyson Fury is not even Tyson Fury anymore. That like boxing's they're, they're gonna Canelo. hurt. Yeah, they think basically basically they they think that boxing will hurt will hurt if they're not fighting. So like there'll be a demand for them. But that's really not I, like I'm not trying to be a hater on Tia. Like that's like, bro, that ain't you, man. Like that's, like like that's you're not tank. Extremely far from reality. Yeah, it's like you're just not tank. So like like listen, if the, like if the WBO wanted you to vacate that title, tank they, isn't getting a hundred million dollars. Nobody is. Yeah, like they wouldn't like the WBO. Like Tyson Fury, <laughs> like maybe. Yeah, like the WBO would have wouldn't 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 lose any sleep if they made you vacate that belt. <laughs> um, that's what I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish the title. I wish the um the commissions would do that more when these guys come out and say they're retiring. Be like, okay, you have you have sixty days to officially retire, or you have to vacate the title. <laughs> Just to be like, all right, if you're going to retire, we're not going to hold up. We're not going to hold up the belt. And it would just be smart business for them because they get their 3% fee. Why would you want to wait out your 3% fee? Um, it, but yeah, just like, like they're calling themselves two time on dispute. It's like, you're, you're not under, you're not under, you're not undisputed at 140. Like had Taylor and I had to vacate three of those belts. Guess what? You wouldn't be fighting. They're Josh calling Taylor. themselves undisputed at 140. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen this? Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, oh we're the first God. two-time, two-time ever undisputed. It's like, because Taylor oh, was God. undisputed and didn't lose. It's like oh, I understand. Uh, for the listeners, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the whole thing is, well, Taylor was undisputed and he didn't lose. He had to vacate the titles. But you know, the the, the reason why Tio fought Josh Taylor is because the only title that he didn't vacate was the WBO because the W. I, I think it's the WBO. The WBO allows you to be the number one contender if you move up in weight class. So that's the one you want to hang on to. So like he would have, you know, Taylor would have been fighting all these other people before he got in there with Tiafimo. So that's why he had to vacate these belts. Like he's not, a, he's not the 140 undisputed. Like he's listen, he's lit. He's the lineal, he's the lineal 140 champ because Josh Taylor had the ring belt. Like that's a real thing. So that's, yeah, that's cool. Um, but like, that's just, Oh my God, it's just nonsense from these two clowns. Like I just, and we're just stuck. I blame you because you were so sure about that. You're just your 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 gambling stink was all over this one. This is your fault. Look, if he had done what I suggested and lost, I'd be like, ah, oh, shit, I'm I'm a moron. Yeah. But like, 
he just he I don't know how you do that. Uh, I I was I do I I do think that he would I I think it's a sh- I, making the switch from Ben Davidson I think did hurt him because I feel like Ben Davidson would have had a much the, better. The other strategy, thing about strategy. about these boxers, you know, at these lower weight classes, I'll say like one seventy five and below. Like I, I don't understand how they ever run out of legs. Like do like you have you have weeks and weeks. Like yeah. do the cardio. Well, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't been in the ring in sixteen months, man. I, that was that was that was probably okay, that was. So do the cardio. I, I, I yeah, but I, I think being in the ring is different, though. Um, uh, maybe, maybe it is. I'm not a fighter. I don't yeah, know. but I and that's and that that was one of my biggest concerns about this fight was that dude had, dude hadn't fought in sixteen months, coming off an injury. Like I, it is what it is. So, uh, but listen, good on Tio for. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe for a second they were acting being being uh, estranged from each other and him being a lunatic and all those comments he said. Like that's who he is. Like I that's nonsense. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's just playing trying to play into that now and and all these things. Um, but you know, hey, good on him. He took the out. They you know they got in the position to be the mandatory and uh, you know they got the they got the fight. I um yeah, it is interesting though. I I do think that his power isn't there at 140 because. So you're talking about Taylor landed some shots. I I couldn't believe that Taylor didn't go down because uh, well, Tio uh, Tio was, was going to say Tio was landing some clean hard shots on him. Tio's trans to power still might transfer, but Josh Taylor is just so freaking tough that maybe possibly maybe that's, that's what it was. Why yeah, it, I mean there were I mean in the in the, especially in the twelfth. Like he was just landing clean on him, and I'm like, ah, oh, he's just he's gonna he's gonna get the stoppage here. Like he's hurting him. He's got to be hurting him. Um, I'd be I I don't know. I'd I'd pro- I'd probably favor Tio over. You know, the only person I probably wouldn't favor him over, which is kind of ridiculous and hilarious. I don't know that I'd favor him against Catterall. But really? I Tio, really. I, I I think I think Catterall's got a got a good fight got a good fighting strategy because like, I think you know I think Catterall would fight him intelligently like Sandor Martin did and I think that would give him uh, I I think I think he would actually do much better against Josh Taylor like Progray you know like as tough as Progray is and everyone loves Regis Progray now Progray's gonna fight just like Taylor like he's gonna stay in the pocket and wanna yeah. wanna bang with him so like what he's not he's not getting younger either yeah so like why is at least he's at, I mean, he's fighting this weekend so at least he's active. But like, that's you know I, I don't he's he's gonna invite a ba- a bangathon uh, with uh, with Tio uh, which I you know I don't know that that's the way the way you want to go. Progress um, thirty four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's super old. I. De- super old. We're, two, who who two, two thirty eight year olds sitting on their couch calling a thirty four year old <laughs> boxer. Who would super you old. who who would you favor Tio and Devin right now? Devin. You know it's tough. I I lean Devin well, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's why I lean Devin because, with the exception of I, I still don't think they had some master plan against the Loma against Loma. Um, that was great. But I always say this: the the, the one thing that him and his dad and you know the various guys they bring in um, to work with them do is they really do do they really do a nice job of neutralizing what another guy does well, um, and basically taking that away from them from well, an entire fight. I, I, maybe I should amend that. Because the Devin who just kept George Cambosis at arm's length and jabbed his way in the first Cambosis fight, I think he's I think I think beats Tio. But then again, in the second Cambosis fight, 
Devin was like, eh, I need to bang more just to like, yeah, sell but more that, tickets. Yeah, but and I then think, versus yeah. Loma, he wasn't a jabber at all. So maybe Tio does. Does well, two things him. there. One, I think that I get, the second fight against Campos, I think he felt, I think he knew Campos has had zero power and just wasn't, couldn't, wasn't in his league, so wasn't afraid to, to just to try to bang and try to get get him out of there and trade more punches, um, and was trying to put on more of a show to build more of his. Isn't brand. that what I just said? Yeah. Oh well, I'm just saying. I don't think he would. He wouldn't do that against Tio. Okay. Oh, uh, I thought I thought I thought you I thought against Loma. I thought you were saying if that guy showed up, then there. Well, no, Loma. I was gonna say I I don't I don't know that Tio would be able to take away Devin's jab the way that Loma did, and like Loma is just different than T. Like I, I it's okay. just a, a completely different style, and uh, you know I I, yeah. I don't know. I Maybe. but the the one the one thing that I always say about about Haney that concerns me is when he does meet somebody with 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 legit power he just he takes a lot of clean shots so yeah. would those shots that that now maybe those shots aren't there against Devin that Tio was hitting Taylor with but if they are I don't know I don't know if Devin uh Devin's staying on his feet for those 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 shots I, yeah I don't know that they're there for th- those same shots are there for Tio against Devin just you know, because you, like I said with the footwork and keeping your head on the line it was just it was just so frustrating to watch from Taylor yeah I'm, I'm you, watching it thinking what are you what are you doing why why are you why are you there why aren't you to the outside and then and slipping make it make Tio do the range finder left hand jab slip and throw your left and go and build off of that and I was I just couldn't believe what I was watching you know, you know who I really want to see Tio fight at 140. If he's not, if he's, if this retirement thing is bogus, which it definitely is. Ryan Garcia. No, close though. Tank Davis. No. Jack Catterall. No, you're you're going you're going you're going way out of the, the opposite direction. For just a pure entertainment standpoint, what Chris would be Algieri. the No. <laughs> Raleigh Romero. Oh, Let's boy. get it. Let's get it, like the like the lead up and just the trash talking that Raleigh. Oh, that, like, that would be fun. That's what I'm saying. Like like, like Tio would fucking sleep him so quickly, probably. But like I just I just want to see I just want to see uh, that like that would actually just be so entertaining that like the that lead would up be fun. Yeah, yeah. I would be I would I would be I would be glued. I wouldn't go to the fight in New York because that would be actually maybe I would. It would be fun to see Raleigh get fucking slept again. Um, but uh, that would just be. Highly entertaining uh, to see. So, uh, remember, remember or, or, sorry, not remember. Um, but also wanted to say for Tio, I appreciated after the fight when he said to Josh Taylor in the ring, he said, "Hey, you know, Josh, I, uh, I, I think I let my emotions get the best of me. I, I really don't want. I shouldn't have said I wanted to kill you. I'm glad you, you're going home to your family. We're both going home to our family. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciated that. I was like, all right, all right." I uh I we, we I, can I, jump back off the ledge now from that. I, I I left after the bell, and try and just went to go catch the train because I I didn't I didn't need to be there for that nonsense because I was yeah. just be so miserable. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's that's good. That's good. So you know we'll uh we'll we'll so we'll, that we'll happened. See. Oh god. Yeah, that happened. Um, yeah. So, um, Sonny Edwards won too. So Sonny Edwards, Bam Rodriguez is probably next, which is going to be fun as hell. Cool. I like it. <coughs> Tim Zoo fights this weekend. 
Tim Zoo. Yes. Yeah, this weekend. Timmy Zoo's Pro Gray. Pro Gray's this weekend. I guess Tim Zoo's on Showtime, right? Yeah, and Pro Gray's on Question Mark. I don't. I don't even know. That's not. Uh, it should be on the Zone, right? Sign a match room. No. I don't. I thought he's. I thought he signed with another like weird thing. No, nah, he, he was with Perbellum. That was like a thing, and then he. Um, no, it's on the Zone, June twenty seventeenth. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought. Yeah, he signed no, he signed. Another... No, he signed. He was a free agent. He signed with Matchroom. Because that was a big, that was like a big thing. It was like, why, you know, pro, why wouldn't Progray sign with Top Rank with all the fights at 140? But gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, and I didn't watch it, so I can't comment on it. But we did have the uh, the first the first two uh, Spence Crawford press conferences yeah, yesterday I didn't, I didn't and, see and, and, and and today. So I saw one uh, was in LA and one was in New York. It was like yeah, very similar to Tank Ryan. The only the only highlights that I got was Errol saying that Crawford hasn't fought anybody and uh, er, uh and then as they went for their first face off Crawford as soon as they got in each other or lined up next to each other Crawford goes I'm going to break your fucking neck. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh god, I we we need a bud win in the worst way, Joe. The worst way. Like the worst. Are way. we going to that? Especially I I don't know, probably not. Um you go, can, Gove is supposed to come visit me in Pittsburgh, and I I need him to leave his family at home and meet me in Vegas. I I can't comment on any of that, but um, you if what, you want, what are you doing? As of as of now, I'm having a fight party. But if you do the research and can find a uh, find find a uh, find a way to get for us to get there, let me uh, maybe I'll consider it. Okay, perhaps. So I mean I guess I don't I don't really have to I don't really have to pay for anything since uh I think I think you said Vegas was on you right? It'll be on me. So uh, you, you you fly yourself there. I'll fly I'll myself buy, and buy I'll my buy ticket. The, I'll buy the I'll buy the fight ticket. I'll buy the hotel. Oh, you're buying the flight ticket too. Yep. Oh, all right, man. Well, you 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 let me know when I'm uh when I'm flying out. <laughs> I we'll just right. I, I can't leave Gove high and dry. So we got to convince Gove. I feel like. Uh, I feel like I feel like Goff will be at peace with it. Um, but yeah, we need it, especially if this like Canelo versus Badu Jack thing is real. Like I, we're 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 not even though we're not like a promotional team here. Like oh my god, the PBC stands are going to be just going nuts. Can't have it. Can't allow yeah. it. Yeah. So all right, that's all I got for boxing, bro. All right, me too. Um, let's move on to the Stanley Cup wrap-up. I mean, did I call it or did I call it? I mean, you called the goalie for Vegas Knights. You called the Phil Kessel awesome, awesome series, um, which none of those guys even played, but that's okay. Irrelevant. Vegas, uh, I mean, I, I don't remember, uh, it's, uh, the, the, you probably have to go back to the Penguins against the the Minnesota North Stars in the '90s of a team with just such utter and I'm I'm maybe I'm just forgetting, but just utter domination in a closeout game. Yeah, nine <laughs> nine to three, and it wasn't like oh we just popped one in here or there or whatever. Like the nine to three score was actually extremely emblematic of the play that was on the ice. It was 
um, it was incredible to watch one. That's that was a drubbing. That was regardless. Of, even if rub a dub drub, rub a dub drub. Even if it was two nothing Vegas, just the the play on the ice was a drubbing in in the clinch game. Um, interested to see what happens with Aiden Hill. Like I said, I'm I'm kind of thinking he's he is their version of Matt Murray, where hey comes in for injuries, goes on to just a ridiculous playoff run, um, and, and then you know kind of comes back down to earth in the regular season the following years. Um, but great great team. Uh, Florida never really felt in the series. Game one they they played hard. They did win a game. That felt more like, all right, they're just kind of running around, taking pot shots, popping in a goal here or there. It was. Uh, I think they only scored two in regulation every game, except for the game, uh, the game-winning game. They, uh, they, I think they scored three, but they were getting drubbed, so it didn't really matter. Um, yeah, there. I think I can't remember if it was their win or their loss, but they scored. Must have been their win because they scored two in regulation and then the third in overtime. Um, so they really just didn't have the offense going. Uh, Bobrovsky, just the the pumpkin or the chariot turned back to a pumpkin. Um, and I mean, when Vegas was just carried the play so much that it's not like it was his fault. They they just got totally outplayed. Um, yeah, it was, I was gonna say it was how 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 wild is it that in both the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA uh, Finals. You had two two eight seeds, who were the last teams to make the playoffs. Both somehow, both both from the state of Florida, both make it into the finals, and then finally on the biggest stage, finally uh, let the world know that just sports isn't completely drunk, and then just finally show that they're just not <laughs> they're, they're they're not in the league of the other big dogs. Finally, just yep. the, the parallels of both those teams was pretty. Both those series was pretty interesting. Yep. Yeah. Well so, said. So um, the whole time we're like, ah, Florida's gonna. They're gonna go. They're gonna. They're gonna come back to earth. They're gonna come back to earth. And then they just didn't. They didn't. They did it until they got to to Vegas. And then bam, Vegas was like, yeah, no. There's a reason you're at eight seed and we're the last team. To no, make number playoffs. one team in the West uh, in in both uh, both leagues as well. Yeah. So. Beautiful um, stuff, man. Be, uh, for Vegas, you know, the question becomes how do they play their goalie situation uh, in the offseason? I don't know what other free agents they have. Uh, Marcia So wins the Conn Smythe, uh, the MVP of the playoffs. So he was, he was, I obviously lost that bet. Again, <laughs> my, my betting stank just was all, all over that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, interested to see what they do, and then Florida in the off season. Uh, other than upgrade the goalie, like I'm not sure they have a ton to do. They they built that team to be the team that showed up in the playoffs. So for them, it's more about just augmenting around the edges. I think um, for Vegas, you know, f- figuring out is Aiden Hill our guy moving forward, which probably they're probably going to make the same decision the penguins did with Matt Murray and move on from the other guys and try and roll Aiden Hill out there I would presume um outside of that you know I'd say the two most intriguing scenarios are 
what's Edmonton going to do? Because Connor McDavid needs to get to a Stanley Cup eventually here. Um, and also, the Penguins, I think, you know, they go get Kyle Dubas from the Maple Leafs, who who is their GM, who put together a great roster. They just have the stank of the Maple Leafs. Um, and, you know, they they hire Jason Spezza as, as assistant GM. Okay, I the guy just got done playing like a minute ago, so with no idea if he's going to be a good assistant GM or not. Um, but they're building a young staff, so we'll, we'll see what happens um, and see what they could do to retool – the Penguins could do to retool the roster. Uh, Rangers go get Peter LaViolette as the coach. I mean, that's – put it this way, Drew. Peter LaViolette – is basically the Doc Rivers of of NHL coaches, and I, I see. You see the Flyers coach at one point. He he was he was. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. coached almost every team in the Metropolitan Division, other than the Penguins. I think I think actually he has coached for every team in the Metropolitan hmm. Division except for the Penguins. Um, so now he's the coach of the Rangers. So I'm expecting, like, they have such a stacked roster, but I'm just expecting. Same results. With stacks on stacks. I mean, it's like I said, he's the Doc Rivers of of NHL coaches. So go figure that one out. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, who? Uh, right. Wait, wait, way too early. Uh, prediction: Who wins the Stanley? What's who wins the Stanley Cup next year? I will say. Try. I'm gonna get a little squirrely this I'm, year. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Colorado wiggles their way back. They're 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 built to win now, and it's just hard to win back to back. So I'm saying that they they wiggle their way back. Versus, it's hard not to say the Rangers, just based on like I said their roster construction and their their goalie. But at the same time. Peter Lovellet. <laughs> um, shoot, you're putting me on the spot. I'm like Tampa Bay Panthers. Maybe Tampa Bay's rested. Maybe Tampa Bay retools a little bit, and they still have Shesterkin. So, if Shesterkin, oh, ah, screw it. Let's just say Tampa Bay. Let's just say rematch a la- rematch of the previous year. Colorado versus Tampa Bay. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. I way, way too early. Penguins over Knights. I like it. Book it, Dano. Ooh, Book Minnesota it. would be a good one too with Kippersoft. They they've been building. All right. That's all I got got on hockey for the moment. Um shift briefly to NBA finals. We talked about uh, we talked about it in our uh, go uh, two for in our two for one uh, preview, or I'm sorry, our two for one wrap up of Game Five. Um, you know, I, triple triple pod duty's over, bro. Thank God. <laughs> I said some some things about Nikola Jokic's anatomy that maybe I shouldn't have. His BFTs. Uh, but you know, again, great player. Hats off. Did you see the uh, their championship hats? Where it said it said champ it says champions on it, and it's in cursive writing. 
And you know a cursive O, right? Where it kind of loops at the top? Sure. This one loops at the bottom, and it almost looks like an A. It's weird. So I, I saw out there on social media, it was like, it said something like, are the champion's hats misspelled? And I think I'm it was just... It. Oh, they did, oh, they did the old school... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> you see that? Yeah, they did. They tried to do, like, the old school, uh, like, the way it designed. But, yeah, yeah, that definitely looks like an A. Champions. Champions. That's hilarious. Champions. It's, uh, uh, it's annoying That's... how, like, I don't think it's intentional, but, like, you can't deny that that loop should be at the top of the O, not absolutely. at the bottom of the O. Like, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely hilarious that that would get over uh, overlooked. Who turn like, two? I, turn two. It's the that's like the executive in uh in Elf. You think these kids are gonna realize there's a page missing? Print the freaking <laughs> book. It's great. Good stuff. Nice, yeah. nice, nice, uh, nice. What, what nice. else? What else about uh, Jokic's reactions? We didn't really get into a lot of that stuff because we were recording live. But yeah. Jokic's like non-reactions to to winning were just well, kind of bizarre, fun- right? It's funny. I I told you he just. I, that's why I I would not be shocked if he retired, and just said, "Yeah, this is like title. you calling uh, uh, Yellowstone going coming to a close just out of left field. <laughs> you, you calling Jokic's retirement out of you left got. Field I hope I hope you tweeted that out so we we can we can show that we were the first to say. It. Yeah, it just it just wouldn't shock me because it's like if this is all true, they didn't really give a shit. Like he's just like kind of you know I don't know. He'd be like, oh. I want I want a championship. I've got MVPs. I've got a lot of money. Um, I just want to go home with my horses. Like even after in the post game when they they, they were like Nicole, uh, you know, are you excited about the chip about the about the parade? Like, what's your reaction to it? And he looks at like the PR woman and goes, "What day is parade?" And they go Thursday. He's like, "Oh no no, I have to get home. I have to get home." Because <laughs> uh, I guess he's got a horse race on Sunday. Like that's that's what's on top of this guy's mind. Um, you know, uh, yeah, but listen. Good for him. He's awesome. I I hate that the stupid MVP award and Excel spread ner- Excel Excel spreadsheet nerds had to make me dislike him and just like talk ill of him for for two years. Uh, he is exactly it, his his efficiency is something that is is incredibly rare. Like his the like the numbers, like you can say, ah, you know, like LeBron puts up, you know, some gaudy, you know, points, rebounds, assist numbers, like Westbrook did it. But like his level of efficiency in doing it, especially given like his position and kind of like his body type, is just incredible. Um so uh good on Denver. There are some people need to calm down with the dynasty talk. <laughs> like, oh man, oh, they could be boy. the ne- they could be the next dynasty. L- listen Get two, get two, get get a back to back, and then we can we can have that conversation. Um, I, I I will say I um I just wanted to drill this home too. Yeah, love the trend in the NBA of homegrown teams. You don't you don't go team hopping. You know this team has been building for years. The like the core of Jamal Murray, uh, Jokic, MPJ, um, and a couple others. Have, That's really it, but yeah, have have played what like four hundred games together at this point. Yeah, Porter Porter Junior's been out. Murray obviously missed a season and a half, two postseasons. Uh, 
Yeah, like they stuck with it. They didn't panic. And you know, listen, well, who, who are the ones that weren't there for multiple years? KCP. It's just those three. Well, I mean, Aaron Gordon they traded for two years ago. Two years ago, right? So he's been two playing there ago. a couple. The years. end of that, yeah, like at the All Star break. So, but yeah, they their their main their main core players they drafted, and so, so they the made they made some probably they played made like two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty games together, and yeah. the and the ancillary pieces have played like what a hundred to hundred and fifty games together. Yeah, yeah. So like that's like whereas opposed to like the Suns threw it together, and here they they get to the second round of the playoffs and they played what twelve games together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like, like so it's like oh Jokic's efficiency. It's like. Uh, all right, yes, that it is amazing. The whole thing, but it's it's the whole machine that's efficient, and Jokic is is the linchpin. Like it's not like Jokic can just go and be on Toronto and have the same efficiency. That's not how it works. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I think you'd find a way. Um, I get your I get your point though. I, uh, I don't. I I think I think it's the situation. I think you. Build I mean, that. think about well, think about think think about last year. Like uh, he didn't have Murray or Porter Jr. and had a bunch of like randos, and he was incredibly efficient and had one of the highest like p like p p e r s in history. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but he's been in that offense for years with the same yeah. Coach. This is that coach, yeah, sure. has, that yeah. coach has been there for how long? He's yeah, like the since second... twenty yeah twenty fifty. And that's something. And that give give management credit too that they didn't you know they didn't fire the coach. <laughs> Because uh, after, you know, I mean, he's been there since 2015. So this is what, year seven, year eight? Like, like they have a whole system in place centered around Jokic being the fulcrum. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, I'm not saying he would go somewhere else and suck. I'm just saying, like, this is this is how you build a team. And this is how great players yeah. develop. Like, you, yeah. like not, not everyone's a Kevin Durant and LeBron James where everywhere they go, they're going to put up – 25 7 and 7 like you like you get a Jokic who has incredible ball skill and incredible smarts and you build a machine over I don't know how many years you've been in the league like six um I don't know that's a good question um just say for sake of of conversation say he gets he now he's in years probably eight. I think he's been in the league eight years okay he's 28 years old um He's been in the league one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight years. Eight years, yeah. So, yeah, he's in year eight of the same coach, same system. You know, they built everything around his skill set. This is like Drew Brees with 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 New Orleans. Like, yeah, they they build the entire team around his ability to do that. Like, that's that's fun. That's and and again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm I'm downplaying his ability that's what makes it fun like because th- they've earned this for over multiple years it's not like again like the suns where let's just throw it all together it, like the the nuggets have earned this over multiple years they've game planned Jokic has grown into the leadership role the fulcrum role he's getting smarter and smarter every year the league is having more and more trouble handling his his ability to make seven different plays off of one play call like that's it's real basketball <laughs> yeah so it's it's good good for him good for them um again i just i just get annoyed and it, it's not even him i get annoyed at all the other people who are 
This is the most dominant player since Will Chamberlain. <laughs> Look at these stats, and it's yeah, like I mean, every every everybody oh my God, just, it's just over- use your eyes, please. Yeah, every, every everybody overreacts. Yeah, the overreactions, um, especially the JJ Reddicks of the world. So I should listen to the Two Beers podcast because we, uh, you know, we just sling it on the reel. We don't overreact. We don't get too crazy. Uh, we keep it even keel. Just say it how it is. Um, I. I will be. It was fun. We talked about it on the two for one. Your, you know, Tori, your brother, uh, our awesome co-host for that. Yeah, thought there'd be a lot of movement. I, I, teams are gonna. It's gonna be hard making trades. Like teams are gonna have to. Like I saw today. Um, like the Wizards, the Wizards are are willing to basically take back absolute trash to get rid of the Brad the Beal contract, which is kind of wild. Because I was joking. I was joking with my buddy. I'm like. I was like, yeah, I'm not really big on Beal anymore. I used to be, but I'm like, he's always hurt. He's never available, and he can't even get his team to be a top ten, a top ten team in a conference. Like, eh, whatever. He's not really. I, I, I don't want him. I tried to tell you that, buddy. Um, and I was like, I was like, but somehow the Sixers will give up Tyrese Maxey to get this guy. <laughs> I'm like, and I'll jump out a window. Um, but then I was seeing like it might, it might only take Tobias Harris's expiring contract to get Beal. Because they they just want to get off the money because it sucks. And Tobias is, I think, the only active player right now with a no trade clause. Not Tobias, uh, Bradley Beal, the only active player with a no trade clause. So he has to approve the trade. He's a good number two or three on on a winning team. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's a winning team because he can't stay healthy. Um. So, but I'll be it that the league. Like, well, and another thing that's made the league a little bit more fun the last few years is. Like we've, I, it seems like no, we have moved nothing away. Nothing has made this team fun, but go ahead. This league fun. <laughs> it, go ahead. It, it, they have. It does seem like we 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 are out of that. You know, the the stack up the roster error, where it's just like you the know, the Suns just did it. Ah, uh, well, the whatever. Six, the Sixers <sighs> just did it. The the Nets tried to do it. Where did the Sixers? What did the Sixers do? They had two all. They had two all stars. They traded for Harden. Yeah, they traded Ben and Simmons then, for James Harden. Like the, who's they don't I'm talking about it, like the, I'm talking about like the stacked big 3 like legitimately having 3 of the top the, 15 players. The Nets play- just did it and then had to blow it up. The Nets haven't had that for like 3 years. Harden's been gone oh 2 years I guess last year that happened. This year they just traded away Kyrie and uh and and, and KD. Uh, yeah, well KD. I'm saying they didn't have like they didn't have like the three all-stars going on. Anyway. And then they did it to the Suns. It seems like the majority of teams like that isn't whether that's whether that's because of the salary cap makes it harder to do and they don't want to be taxpayers. Like you don't really you, there's not four teams with the well, top I know th- you always bemoan the rules of the of the NBA salary, but I I think it's actually worked because I think a lot of the larger names that have come up in like the generation behind KD and LeBron have like their their hometown teams have been able to sign them to the supermaxes, which has kept them in the team that draft them, as opposed to well, no, my my issue my issue with the with the NBA with the cap is that like teams have to like bad players get overpaid and like but teams have to do it because it's the only way to to keep guys or to like get them for some markets. But yeah, either way, um, you know, we just haven't seen like you know for. For you know, for like for like eight nine years, that like five teams had the top fifteen guys, <laughs> so it was like, all right, well, this is dumb, you know, like literally, literally, like these playoff series aren't going to be competitive. It's going to be stupid. We really know what the finals are going to be, um, and it seems like we've you know, we're a little bit moved past that. Um, what one that team that's going to have moves to make is the Warriors. Like they're going to do something. 
They're already they're already talking about they're talking about trading Kaminga <laughs> Kaminga to move up in the draft. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, they got young players. I think they bring back. I do think they bring back Draymond. The pool thing will be interesting. Uh, what would you get back for him, right? Because you have to, you can, you just can't, you, you you can't just punt a season when you have a 35 year old Steph Curry, right? So like they need to be strategic on what they do. And now they're gonna have a new GM. So, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. They have some wiggle room. Uh, the Clippers, I'm curious what they try to do. Again, the Kawhi thing is just just laughable at this point. Uh, and I mean the Lakers off season. The the Lakers are in a little bit of a pickle because they absolutely have to match at whatever whatever Austin Reeves gets. They just they can't lose that asset for nothing. So if a team actually offers offers him a hundred million dollars, which that conceivably could happen, which is just hilarious to think about at this point in time. Like the Lakers are gonna be <laughs> the Lakers are gonna be paying Almost two hundred million dollars for LeBron AD and Austin Reeves, so that's not great. Um, and they're going to need a team to do a sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell. Like I and I, if you, I don't know if you're who the hell I, one who the hell wants him, and two like I don't know if I'm if I'm doing a sign and trade, I better be getting some. Like I, I would need assets back, and I don't think that's how a sign and trade works. Like I think it's just like a straight. I don't think you can include like draft picks and stuff. So, I, I, I'm curious. Kendrick Perkins was saying James Harden's going to sign there. I'm like, bro, they, they. It's like this. If the Sixers did a sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell and James Harden, just, 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 just find a new podcast partner because I literally am done with sports. If that happens, I'll be so pissed. Um. Yeah. I, I, whatever. I don't know. But that's all I got for the NBA drafts coming up. We'll talk draft. Will we? next? I guess next week. Will we? I guess your boy Zion might get traded. <laughs> My boy Zion. I mean, once he learns how to run properly, maybe. <laughs> how wild is that? The, uh, the 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 Pelicans might trade Zion Williamson for Scoot. For who? Scoot Henderson out of the G League. Oh, he didn't go to college. He um he went to the G League. So it's him for forever. It was him and him and uh Wambayana were gonna consensus one and two picks, and then Brandon Miller snuck in there. Who I'm I'm not I don't know why everyone's so big on him. To be honest with you, I'm not as big on Brandon Miller. Um, but people love him, so Miller may end up being number two. But the Pelicans, they wanna, they they wanna be in the Scoot Henderson uh, uh, business, so they're uh, they're looking. I would o- OKC should should look to be aggressive because they've got like all those draft picks that they've accumulated over all these years, and like eventually you got to do something with them, you know, because you got your own picks that you have to sign, and then you're gonna have these other teams' picks. Like I don't know if you think if you think if you think like a Brandon Miller is your guy. Or like Scoot Henderson, like I'd offer 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 like three draft picks to go move up and get him. So they they need to be aggressive though in the offseason, especially because uh, you know Shaw's playing at an MVP level, and uh, I mean you you made I get you made the play in for whatever that's worth. Like it's time it's time to get serious, uh, Sam Presti and ownership, and try to actually like spend some money. Yeah. So. 
All right. Which Fastest leads minute us in podcast? To... No, nope, not yet. Oh. The U.S. Open. Picks. Oh, yeah. Golfing. Jolfing. They can't kick you out. Damn you people, this is golf. <laughs> Go back to your shanties. You can't get advice from the woman you're trying to hose. From the woman you're trying to hose. Why not? So, um... What is the unfinished swing of Roy McAvoy? U.S. Open, L.A. Country Club. Um, I've seen... I mean, I, I, have you seen the videos, Drew, of, like, the greens and the fairways and the... I have the rough. Not. Oh, my gosh. Like, typical U.S. Open, like... The greens look, everything looks unplayable. Like you can hit it in the middle of the fairway and it'll funnel down into the rough. The rough looks, what, one, two feet thick. The greens look as fast as lightning. I, I, I suspect that scores are not going to be low. Like if if scores are still low with these conditions, I'm just going to be shocked. So I I didn't do it a ton of different uh, di like different parlays or different props or anything like that just because I'm totally freaked out by by this course setup so this this is what I got you ready mm-hmm Tyrell Hatton plus 2800 to win Colin Morikawa plus 30 to uh, th 30 to 1 Bryson DeChambeau 40 to 1 Justin Thomas is fifty to one to win, which is weird. So that that intrigued me just from a value, because every major he should be close. Uh, I, I should I should kind of mention why I take these picks. Tyrell Hatton's was playing super hot at the moment. Morikawa, when when he's going and he's just hitting it straight, T fairway green putt, T fairway green putt. He just gets in a groove where he hits it very efficiently and very straight, uh, which I like for this setup. DeChambeau. It's like me in the bedroom. <clears throat> what? Efficient? Efficient. Tee it up straight. Huh. Oh, man. Um, DeChambeau. It, I, when the rough is this thick... I think hitting it further actually does give you an advantage just because it's hard to uh, – but here's the problem. It's hard to control it out of the rough. So, yeah, you're going to be – if you hit it in the rough, you it's better to be closer than further away. But I, I don't know. I just feel like the power game has a chance with, with tough conditions. Justin Thomas, 50-1, to 1, like I said – I'm just intrigued by those odds. Don't know why he's so far down. Hideki Matsuyama, 45 to 1. Again, previously won a major. When he's at his best, he's hitting it just, again, efficient and straight. Um, Justin Rose, 45 to 1. Another guy known for accuracy. So it's just going to be huge to hit the greens in the right spot, to, to hit the fairways in the right spot. And to be efficient with the putter. So that's why I have Justin Rose at 45 to 1. Sung J M at 60 to 1 is my last last player. Again, I kind of lump him in with Matsuyama. When he's on, 
that that crazy controlled slow like super slow backswing uh maybe that helps out with the accuracy here and 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 getting the job done so i i took a cup instead of doing a bunch of different props i just picked a couple extra to win the only prop i'm taking 14 and a half the under of players to go under par I think there I think there's like five or six players go under under par. I think fourteen and a half is way too many. I, I this course just looks way too difficult of a setup for a bunch of guys to be going under par. Um un, so the under of fourteen and a half players to go under par is minus one fifteen. Both both the over and the under were minus fi, minus one fifteen. So I'm taking the under on that. Um and Drew Kep- Kepka was he was one of the favorites. Um, you know who I'm picking. Kepke. Kepke. Let's keep it rolling. Good times roll. So I sh- should I throw actual money on this or should I just make my picks? Kepka's twelve. To, the favorite is Scotty Chef, six to one. Rombo's nine to one. Kepka is twelve to one. Rory is sixteen to one. So is Cantley. Cantley's sixteen to one. Shoff- feels like feels like a Rory win. Shoffley and Hovland are eighteen to one, and Hatton is twenty-eight to one. You know what? I I, I entertained Rory because he he has the picturesque squint, swing, accurate distance, like, and that pretty much encompasses everything I just said of what I was looking for for this course setup. But that being said, Rory just. I, I don't know. Maybe this is his breakout, but I feel like he just has so much pressure on him from all, all this live and PGA clash that he he hasn't been dealing with it well. So I stayed away from Rory, even though I think objectively the course might set up for someone who could hit it as far and as accurate with him and Again, he could be he could be creative around the greens. He could excellent putter. So, uh, but I'm I'm staying away from him. Hovland, I think. How many times can you get close that close to the sun, and come in second? I don't know. I feel like he's due for a letdown. Shoffley, another one. Good combination of distance and accuracy. Um. You know, he won the Olympics. I don't think he has a major. I can't remember if he has a major yet. Maybe he did win one. But um, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know about Xander. I, I feel like he, the pressure will get to him with these course conditions. Um. Anyway, that's, that's what I'm thinking. What are, do you have any other thoughts there, Drew? Brooks Kepka. That's all you need to know. Brooks Kepka. Um I'm looking up Shoffley because I feel like he did win a major, but I can't I can't remember. No, no, he did not. He came in second in the open and second in the Masters, third in the US Open, and tenth in the PGA Championship. So again, I I feel like those those runner ups are just stuck in my head. But maybe it's his time to break through. But I I I would take Cantley over Shoffley if it was me. Um, Fleetwood's hot. Other random guys are hot, but 
those uh, those are the guys I'm 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 taking. Okay, U.S. Open. Everyone enjoy. Now it's time. Everybody's favorite minute of podcasting. Rum rum rum. The NASCAR pit stop in three, two, one, go. Last week we were in Sonoma, the rate the road course. It was very mediocre. Not a lot of passing. Um, you know, thought that there were a couple guys who had a chance to win. Turns out that Martin Truex just had the best car all day. Michael McDowell with a nice run. But Truex was, was the guy to beat. Ended up winning easy. Uh, whatever. We lose again. We are stuck on two wins only with a minus 38. Good Lord. Uh, they are in a bye week this week, so no NASCAR race this week. So we'll pick it up next week and make picks next week. We're cool, struggling. Cool. We're struggling, Drew. Struggling Big mightily. Struggle. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Not holding my weight on this one. Yep. All right. Parlay. What are you thinking? Uh, Sunday Phillies over Athletics. Going Sunday, huh? Yeah. Phillies over athletics. All right. Well, then let's do this. Let's go nuts. Top 30 in golf. Since I just. who Wait, who did I just crap all over? Shoffley? Yeah. Xander Shoffley, top 30s, minus 225. Oh, damn it. Here's the problem, though. You're picking a Sunday thing, so my app won't let me pick out that many days in advance. Oof. So it means I got to pick a Sunday. Tell you what. This is what I'm going to do. What the frig? The Pirates ended up losing 10-6. to 6. They were up 5-1. to 1. Ugh. Um, This is what we're going to do. I'm going to pick Shoffley. To finish in the top 30. And then I'm going to also bet somehow the Phillies to beat the Cubs. And I'll figure it out from there. Uh, I'm sorry, the Phillies to beat the A's. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, go, we'll go from there. Yeah, I'm doing Sunday because Wheeler is on Sunday. Saturday is a bullpen game. So like, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to bet the bullpen game. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to simulate. I, I I'm going to simulate how much. I'll, I'll I'll figure it out. I'll I'll load up the money. I'll make the bets, and we'll we'll I'll make the simulation of a five dollar parlay for that. All right. The parlay. Oh wait, no, we did the parlay. That's it for beer one. That's it, man. Wrapped it up. All right. Ready? Assume positions for the world-famous two-brew salute for beer number two. And a three. And a two. And a... I have a... Still working on my Mickey Ultras. What are you drinking? Oh, God, it, it, did, it did feel good to dump those fucking highlights out, out in the sink. You suck. Oh, God, so gross. Stuff is so gross. What are you drinking? I'm, I'm just drinking a bottle of my glass of tequila. Okay. So, beer two. Threw something together. 
couple couple touch points this week. Because the crazy part is there's not a lot of shows out right now that like are in our wheel wheel that are in our wheelhouse. We kind of had to search a little bit, but Silo on Apple TV. I'm through one and a half episodes. Gem, good suggestion by you. Good stuff. Yeah. Do you want to give this a not like the like the premise? Yeah, it's basic. It's basically an underground society living in a giant silo. Um. And 140 years in the future. 100, yeah, 100, 140 years after some event that nobody knows because all records were destroyed. But the only thing that people do know is based on the windows from outside, uh, the outside world is uninhabitable. So there's about 10, it's 10,000 people well, living. They, th- they think there's a poisonous gas just floating around. Correct. Outside. Killing that just kills anything that goes out there. Or is there? Dun, dun, dun. Um and so that's the whole the, the whole premise of the show is, you know, people the pe- pe- everyone works together to keep the silo running. And then in typical fashion there's outliers that start asking questions. What happened what 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 happened before Don't the know silo? why it took uh, 140 years for people to start asking questions. Well, no, I think I think there's I, I think that there's always been outliers, but I'm just saying this is now this cycle of outliers who are asking these questions, finding fi- finding random relics of the old world. Uh, True. What, and they had the trouble. And there's the two rules of the silo. There's two rules of uh, of the silo. One, you can't have relics, and two. If you ask, if you ask to go outside, you go outside. Um, so the show starts with the sh- there's a sheriff uh, and his, his a sheriff and his wife are trying to conceive because uh, pregnancies have to be approved by um, whoever the the, cent- the, the the central decision makers. Yeah, the decision makers of the silo, which makes sense because they need to control the population, right? Because of because of the the res- they need to make sure they don't run out of resources. Um, and while they're trying for a year on their third try, uh, you know, it starts, you know, random people start talking to his wife about how, you know, they don't want people that ask questions like her to have children. And I say the first episode basically ends with the wife, um, uncovering some data on a drive that again, an outlier, uh, had found, uh, and she suspects that, the 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 leadership of the silo has been lying to everybody and actually che- double check double double checks that they actually removed her birth control during this uh, year long process by cutting cutting it out herself which was just fucking baller um yeah it's like, yeah. A, it's like a pill sized thing that's in, implanted in them yeah so that all the women have birth control implanted yeah. in them and then the uh and then the episode ends with her her asking to go outside and then she does, and she tells, um, because in in the in the hard drive, she she saw she she saw a video of one someone who went out to clean, someone that asked to go outside, and when you go outside, they ask people to clean the sensors so people can see what the outside world is like, and the actual video in this hard drive was of a clean, a, basically a clean outside, like blue skies, birds flying around. 
Um, they don't even know what birds are. She said they, something something was flying in the air, and she tells her husband that I can't tell you how I know, but if if I if I if the world is what they say it is, I'll just keep walking over the cliff. If it's what I think it is, and I'm right, then I'll clean the sensor, and that's what she does, and that's how the first episode ends. So, um, which is all flash the sensor, and again, just to describe it again, there's there's a video link from the surface of the earth down into the silo, which is displayed at all times for the inhabitants of the silo. Yeah. yeah. And when, when presumably that you only have three minutes to live once you go up there. So you clean the sensor, then you die and they just look at your body for three minutes or I'm sorry for the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, um, any, any guesses? And so I'm, I'm five or six in, I think, the eighth episode drops this week. I don't know if that's the finale, the first season. It's been renewed for season two. Um, any so thought? Any thoughts on what's going on here? Um, LeBron and the Illuminati are controlling <laughs> the Earth's resources, and so they have just put these people in a silo just so that they could inhabit the Earth and. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, the, that... the, the, the one thing I thought of is that whoever put them in a silo, like, because they said, like, oh, you know, we're, we're the grunts. We're doing the work to keep the silo going. I wonder if there are multiple silos on Earth. Uh, th- this is my prediction. There's multiple silos on Earth. None of them are talking to each other. And they all are. It's going to be a commentary on society, which I, I already like. All, all of the people in the silos don't actually communicate to each other. They're all stuck to... They all think what they're seeing on the screen is true, even though it's an augmented reality by the people who are actually in charge. And whatever work they're doing in each silo is being taken advantage of by the people, like, like basically the Illuminati, who are actually running the Earth hmm. and just living off of the labor of everybody in each silo who... Those people in each silo, they, they can't connect with each other. They can't talk. They don't even know that each other exists. They, um, so there's no way for them to organize and come together and fight against the people who are actually controlling the earth and the resources. So that's what I think it's going to actually be. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Cool. I think it's going to be – you ever um... – you ever, did you ever see that M. Night Shyamalan movie, uh, The Village? Yeah. I think it's going to be something something like that. Where it's, this is like, the world's fine, and this is like some big social experiment. The Truman Show? I've never seen that. Um, wow. Yeah, I've never seen it. That's the one with Jim Carrey, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that. Um, Do you know the premise? No. Um, I just know that Jerry Lawler broke the guy's neck. The uh, that was the man on the moon. Oh. Uh, the Truman Show is that he lives in this like picturesque world, but everybody in his life is in on it, and he's just he's in a reality show where there's hidden cameras everywhere, hmm. and pe- like people in. He's, it's like a social experiment. People 
are watching his life as a TV show, and everyone around him is actually just actors, and everything around him is fake. And then he he goes in the sea, and like sails to the edge of the sea, and it's the edge of the Hollywood set, and he climbs out and voila. Oh. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I never saw it. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be something like The Village, but, like, with some type of, like, severance twist that, like, somehow these people, vo- whether these people, vo- like, it's, you volunteer from the actual world to do this because there'll be something they were trying to escape or some kind of crap, you know what I mean? Like, so some yeah. some something they were trying to forget about and avoid and they have like something that shuts their brain, some some type of tech like the severance thing, like because they got it. You got to keep okay. it somewhat lively. So um, so really, like they haven't really been down there for 140 years. They correct. Just, yeah, they have uh, they have some kind of chip in their brain that makes them think that they maybe not a chip, but yeah, like yeah, maybe or maybe yeah, maybe something like that. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like like the relic thing. I guess you're probably not. You're probably not that that far with the relics, but like, where are these? Where are these things even come from? These random relics. Yeah, I feel like they're just like plant. I feel like the I feel like the judicial like they just they plant these things, and it's like a social experiment to see. Okay, like if you're told not to do something, would you do that? Or the whole thing of you know if if we tell you it's awful outside, like you have free will to leave. Would would you leave or will you just trust us? That will trust what we're telling you, something like that. That's what I think. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I, I'll be, I'll, I'll be curious again. I think there's books. I think our buddy Goff said he's, he's, he read the books. Um, so I don't know how, I don't know how many seasons, but yeah, most of these Apple TV shows are going three seasons. I wonder how much we'll find out at the end of season one. Yeah. Like you, I know you made the comment. If we don't see Rashida again by by, uh, by the end of the season, you'll be pissed. But like, I wonder if they'll if if we'll get that much um, this soon. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I I really like this show though. Yeah, it's good. Strong, strong stuff. Um, conversely, oh gross! So another gross. show that I'm actually caught up on: Fear the Walking Dead. Um, so how far did you actually make it? Uh, I got through, (laughs) I got through the first episode, the premiere episode of, um, season eight, eight, and about five minutes, uh, into the episode two where Junebug is just like sniping people on boats and cutting their fingers off. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I need to step away. (laughs) yeah um so hold on real quick so because i so this was this was pretty i I don't know what happened but um i had i had episodes i had i had the back half of season seven saved on my dvr sorry watching some of them i guess uh i don't know i i guess my dvr just is like a new form of ai and just realized like that the show's terrible and didn't want me to watch it Okay. And it like deleted 15 and then 16 without me actually like watching it. So uh I had no idea. Like I I had already I knew that something happened with Alicia cuz she had that weird like fever for like, you know, 7 years or whatever it was. 
And I also knew that her mom, they were bringing the mom, well, they told everybody the mom was coming back. Um, so, I know, you may not rem- I'm probably asking the wrong guy because you may not remember. But, so, in episode 15 is where the, Alu- the Alicia arc wraps up. Uh, like, so, did that entire building just get destroyed that they were all trying to fight for? Like, that yes. got destroyed and 95% per- of the people just died? Yes. <laughs> <coughs> but 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 hold on did but I, I guarantee you they all forgave strand and let him live and somehow daniel's still alive um i don't know about strand daniel is still alive yes <laughs> even though some, even though somehow he's like an alzheimer patient but now he has this like critical role like seven years later Leading a band of 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 uh, rebellions, of par- of, so I don't know like what made them go this route, but Padre... well, I'm not done. Hold on, I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. And so then in the finale, Morgan, I guess I I guess I had seen Morgan take the baby and realized he needed to sail away. Okay. Um, I think that was episode fourteen, maybe thirteen. So Morgan sails away with baby Mo. And I guess he runs into he meets Madison somewhere in episode sixteen, and it turns out I guess that Madison is like kidnapping babies for this this Padre thing is real, but it's like another one of these like you know awful bad bad guy societies now. Uh, and Madison's like working for them for some reason because I, how did Madison end up working for these bad people? Do you um, remember? Uh, I don't think they said it. I'm assuming they saved her from the baseball field somehow. Okay. I, I don't know. All right. And then my final I, I, question. I forget yeah. if they said it. And then my last. Why does she? Why does she need her own oxygen tank? I guess like is this like smoke in inhalation from like the baseball field? Is that why she like constantly so, needs an oxygen tank? Something like that. Yeah. I, Do I, they... I don't. I don't even remember. All right. Uh, those were questions I had. I knew you would not be the guy to tell me that. So. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's so bad. I just I really well, I'm, just... Wa- I'm, wa- I'm watching I'm watching the finale uh, or the premiere, and like five minutes in, it's like a scene where they're like getting interrogated by these Padre people, and there's like a baby on the on the walkie, and yet somehow somehow Madison and Morgan unarm these like fully you know people head to toe like combat people. They just completely disarm them. And I guess you're supposed to believe that they find this baby somewhere in, the, in wherever compound they have, and they get her. And then I guess it, fl- it flashes forward seven years. Mo's still at this place. Uh, Madison's like imprisoned. Like they're giving her oxygen. They're like you know pumping her with drugs so she doesn't kill herself. And come to find out, Morgan's like been working with the bad guys. Like, yeah. like what are we doing? <laughs> it, it made no sense that Morgan would work with the bad guys for his character. Uh, um, all right, so I'm not gonna go episode by episode here, but just a couple random things, Drew. That I'm I'm gonna spoil them. All right, ready for the spoiler alerts? Sure. Like, for first spoiler alert. So June apparently was working for. Padre, and now she's getting back at all the people who stole babies. 
and June's work for Padre entailed uh, like a train car that was equipped with some medical equipment where they did mm, like radiation treatments on people who had bites. Say that again. They they did radiate like like they do for cancer like radiation treatments. They were giving radiation treatments for people who had bites to see if that helped them survive the bites. So they got bit and they were like treating them like cancer patients with radiation. Yes. Okay. So June was forced to do all that. So she was trying to get Padre back. But June gets captured again. Um, uh, Dwight and Sherry end up, guess what? They are also working for Padre because because pa- Sherry was pregnant and had a baby and they decided that Padre could keep their baby safe so their their son doesn't even know that they're the parents and they don't even get a chance to be together like they like cross paths it's almost like the sanctuary where they just like cross paths but they're doing it for their son so so now Dwight and Sherry have given their child up to Padre yes but then I, I take that back. They're not. They don't cross paths. They're they're they are like a duo, of, of uh, like collectors or whatever for Padre. But then they decide they want to have their son, and so the crazy lady Shrike or whatever who runs Padre. Is that the one with like the weird haircut? Yes. Okay. She decides that, and and this is a major spoiler, but you got to see this scene. They basically what happens is they get the severed head of a zombie to bite their child and they show it. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And so then they're like, well, guess what, Dwight and Sherry, you work for like you're not running away. You work for me now. You you really need June to work on this. So, June, try and figure out how to save their kid. And so that's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was freaking dark, super dark. And um, wouldn't wouldn't that I mean wouldn't that just make them leave because the kids fucked? Yeah, unless the treat the treatments work. But they're gonna die. Like you're gonna you're gonna turn instantly. No, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. So the the kid gets bit. So uh, one thing happens to another. Um. They Dwight and Sherry decide like they need to fight back. Uh, again, they come across friggin' Daniel and a band of parents that want their kids back. Um, somewhere in there, off screen, I don't even know how to describe it, but like their son is healed, and like it, like the like the radiation worked. So now we've got the now we've got the cure for the zombie apocalypse. Pretty pretty well, I think. But then also randomly, like Grace shows up. Well, she showed up at the end of the premiere. Okay, and so she has cancer again from some kind of like I guess it just came back. Radiation ain't helping her, but it's now fixing zombie bites. Okay, and so and so Mo is escaped with uh, Morgan, and they're trying to figure out like how to save Mo. But then amongst all of that. 
Morgan decides I need to go back to Georgia to find my son Dwayne and finally put him down. <laughs> Shut up. You're so full of shit. I am not screwing with you. That was an entire episode. So he goes back to the, the original hometown and spends a whole like episode in How the, how does he get to, how does he get to Georgia? Dude, I don't know. Like they have a car and he drives to friggin' Georgia. And I was looking at maps. It might only be a couple hour drive, honestly. But I'm looking at it like from Texas or wherever they are? From East Texas, yeah. Or might, they might be in Alabama or Mississippi at this point. But yeah. They, so uh, drives- they are in Mississippi. I read that. That's where the water was. The water took them. Or Louisiana. Okay. It's ridiculous. So they <laughs> so he drives back to Georgia. Like why would they like, why would he assume the kid's sagging like that zombie wouldn't walk out somewhere? Oh Jesus. Like the, like the past fifteen years or whatever eight years, whatever the hell they're trying to say, like he, he didn't have any other time, so now amongst all this, he needs to go find Dwayne and put him down. <laughs> And so he does, and Dwight and Sherry haven't decided to fight against Padre yet, but then, like, finally Morgan convinces them, like, all right, like, fight against Padre. And so they, like, they let Morgan go and find his kid and put him down, and he's, I don't know why, but he's chained up in in an attic, and he's about to bite and mow, and Morgan finally, like, shoots him. and, and the house like burns down, and so they're sitting there in the burned down house, just like hugging or whatever. And a zombie pops up and grabs Mo, and almost bites Mo. But then Grace like jumps in, and the zombie bites Grace like on the ribs. So they're like, "All right, we got to get Grace back to the 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 oh, the rail car with June." <laughs> so they so then they do that. But then in the meantime, Drew, friggin' Dwight and Sherry's kid, like, the bite starts to get swollen again, and his fever comes back. (laughs) (sighs) And then, of course, Grace... What what are we doing? So then then Morgan is, like, running through the woods fighting people, and he had to to split up from Moe and Grace. So Moe gets Grace to the boxcar. And Mo, the child, is like, I don't know, pumping her full of radiation somehow. <laughs> and it doesn't work. And Grace turns and, like, tries to fight her and all, or tries to bite her and all this stuff. And, oh, my gosh. So, in the meantime, Padre's like, you know what? Screw it. I don't even care if you guys leave me. But before you do, you got to do this one thing. We There's there's a, uh, a shipyard with all these uh containers like like shipping contain like giant shipping containers there's a thousand zombies that are guarding these things we can't shoot them all because we need all the supplies in the containers so you got to go through by hand and clear this entire thousand zombie herd and like that's the mid-season finale coming up this week (laughs) so bizarre so freaking bizarre and that's morgan having to clear I guess so, yeah. Okay, I thought I I thought I read something that Mo got bit, so I wonder if that's a spoiler that she gets bit. Yeah, maybe, this. maybe she does. Why not? Just fucking bite everybody at this point. Like, could everyone just die? Dude, it it. I'm I'm sorry to spoil it, but it, it's just so ridiculous. Like, oh my god. 
The like the only the only the only thing that's interesting. I was like, is, he went back to Georgia. I was like, what? How? Why? The only the only thing that's that's remotely interesting in what you just said is them uh, biting that kid. That's it. I, I, I think that was episode three, and I texted you when that happened, too. I was like, dude, oh, my God, this is so – like, what the hell? Wow, um, that's 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 insane. Oh, my God. There's so much insane. Like, how, how – with with all the backing of AMC and, like, all the creative – And, like, Kim had, Dickinson and, like, like Madison, like, she just kind of disappeared for a couple episodes now. <sighs> like, why? I, I was kind of happy they didn't kill her at the end of the first episode because I was like – all this brouhaha with bringing her back and they just killed her after two episodes. Like, that's kind of stupid. But, mm-hmm. whatever. I just... I I don't know. I just, this, this, I just don't know how they... Um... It's so bad. The, it's just... The, the plot and the writing is just so bad. Yeah. Which leads us to... <laughs> yet, a, yet another one. Another spinoff. Uh, which apparently is getting rave reviews. Is it? I, I, well, I mean, I, like, it w- I mean, I mean, Jeffrey Dean's the man, so like, I, I can see it being like, you know, like just him. I could just see him and Cohen being good together. Dead City. I, 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 I honestly have very low expectations for it. Like, I don't know how many more like guilt speeches Maggie needs to give Negan uh, on like her him murdering Glenn, and now that he's. Negan has turned into nothing but a big puss anyway. So I, whatever. I, I just, I have, a, I'm, I'm character committed. I'm not even plot committed. <laughs> you just want to see what happens with Negan. So I just, at this point, I just want to see what happens with the characters. But yeah, the plot, the plot, Maggie and Negan travel into a post-apocalyptic Manhattan long ago, cut off from the mainland. The city is filled with the dead and. Denzians who have made New York City their own world. Why? Well, I think I, I think I told you. Um, like, I believe the premise of this is like some group, some group once, some like Negan like pissed off some group. This group, I guess, the Denzians at some point in time, and so like they've got like a you know a bounty on him, and they kidnap Herschel. And so Maggie's got to get him to New York. It's like some some crazy scheme. Like, so like that's the problem. Like these, these elaborate schemes they try to develop for these like spinoffs. It's just like just keep it simple. Like High School Musical was simple. Like and that's why it was actually like enjoyable. Just keep like yeah. basic stuff. There like, was another community out there and it fell and the kids ran. Boom. Like that's if it. you if you want to do this thing with like Maggie and Negan like and going to Manhattan like I I I, I don't know like. Couldn't it be like something like, oh, like we want to explore the world more, and like we just want to like map it out? Something logical. Yeah, not like, oh, I ran, I ran into these random people. Uh, they decided to kidnap my son, not like rape and kill me, but uh, they're gonna kidnap my son in hopes that I'll convince Negan uh, to to follow me to New York. <laughs> Who's who also, Negan? Who, who also will just do it and not rape and kill me? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what are we doing here, guys? Come on. Nobody knows. Jesus. The only one of these shows that has any promise of, like, being good is, like, maybe the Daryl piece because it'll, it'll, it'll take, like, you might see more into, like, 
the science the, behind the, or, the zombie. Yeah, the origins of the Yeah, zombies. you might have the zombie behind the science, the science behind the zombies in, in in France or wherever the, you know, the videos were in the post credits of uh, high school musical. Uh so that might be kind of cool. Make it they might actually have a plot there. Like how they're going to random how 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 these uh French well, maybe it was Frenchmen left over from the uh from a boxing match. But like how these people are going to find Daryl and get him on a ship and sail him across the world. That's a, another story for another day, but who knows? I don't know. It, it, it's uh, first episode of that is is this weekend, Sunday. So they'll, the, be, uh, they'll be closing out uh, the first half of Fear of the Walking Dead and then opening up the new. Oh, oh, nice! A little back-to-back action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's only gonna be twelve because this is six. The first yeah, half. That's correct. Of Fear is only six. So. Yep, that's correct. Got, yeah, gotcha. Okay, all right. Which, well, by the way, a little tidbit. I looked at the. Uh, um, the ratings when fear of the walking dead first started the the pilot had 10 million viewers yeah and and i'm going by memory here but by the end of the first season it was down to like 8 million viewers and then the next season started with like 8 million and went down to like 6 and then the next season went from like 6 to like 5 and then the next season went from like 5 to like 4 to 3 and a half and it they've marched down this season, I think they had a million to start. They've been at like five hundred thousand viewers Oof. for all these episodes. Like it has been a precipitous decline. It's all just the way bad. from ten million. It's been like there it's it's eight seasons and it's been like six different shows, quite frankly. And like all the like the characters have played at least two, if not three, versions of themselves. <laughs> it's uh, bizarre. Yeah, it's just not good. Just hasn't been. And I mean, they, they from the very beginning they sold. Remember the when fall. they like killed Morgan and they were like, "Oh shit, we can't kill him. We got to bring him back." And they yeah, like, when they shot when uh when the the cowgirl shot him. Yeah. Yeah. The. Uh, it all started. It, it got. It had. It had a lot of interest early because they sold. They they sold it as the the origin of the zombie apocalypse but really it was just the world falling at the beginning not actually what started well i I thought they i thought they they sold it as we're going to show you how the world devolves from from civilization to chaos and then they did it in like five episodes if that and it was like oh like that didn't take long (laughs) yeah so but we keep watching like suckers well, one of us, <laughs> one one of us just had. I'm sure my DVR is gonna delete like episode two and three by tomorrow. <laughs> by tomorrow, be like, just stop. We're gonna we're gonna do you the favor and just delete these for you. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that about does her for this week, buddy. Anything else? Nope. It's been a it's been a fun ride, my man. All right. Um. Do you guys have off for Juneteenth? Random question. Uh, like I'm sure I'm. Sh- it's one of those like you can take it if you want, but like realistically, people like can't actually take it. Typical accounting. Yeah, we we have off. So yeah. enjoy the three day weekend. Thanks. Yeah, you hey. too. <laughs> Everyone, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round 
You got an open count, toss it out Everybody's cordial right now Stir up the crowd Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talking about anything that makes you get loud